Welcome to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your GPS to retirement. When you teach somebody something, they're like, wow, I actually get this. I can do this. But that person really gets it. And I want that person in my life because they're the first one that actually taught me how to do this. And that's really our perspective here at Insight Folios is to teach people really how to do things so they don't need us. Now, your host, Paul Durso. Well, Paul Durso here, along with my co-host. I got to say my own name. Yes. Charlie Bowers. Charlie Bowers. Holla. We got a great show in, in store for you today. The world's worst investors. And no, we are not talking about you. We're not talking about us, are we? No, okay, we're not. All right. We're talking about the world's, the world's worst. worst. We but, couldn't possibly compete. But first, we got to talk about a fun fact. You all know right. why? Because Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I know we're dating the show. That's okay. But Thanksgiving is right around the corner. It's always within a year away, so don't always. worry about it. You yeah. know what? And yeah. I, I do not have an affinity about Thanksgiving. Got to be honest. It's my birthday. And, you know, growing up, your birthday is always about you. And it was never about me. It was always about that stupid Thanksgiving turkey. That turkey. Yeah. And I just, I've grown up. But you know what? Fun fact here. In the very first Thanksgiving, right here in this great US, USA that we live in, did you know that there were seven kinds of meats that were served in the very first Thanksgiving. Here's the list that made the very first Thanksgiving. You ready? Go Venice, venison, mm -hmm. duck, goose. I just had a flashback of my childhood, duck, duck, <laughs> goose. Um, then we had oysters, suspect. I wouldn't consider that meat, but whatever. Made the list. Lo lobster, eel, and fish. What's missing? Where's the turkey? Oh, wait a minute. He was born on Thanksgiving, wasn't he? Why in the world have we created this Thanksgiving tradition of turkey when it didn't even make the very first one? Why couldn't it have been not? Now, all disclaimer here, other than fish, I'm not sure, and lobster, like that would have been a great birthday tradition. Lobster Thanksgiving. No, it's got to be turkey. Why doesn't turkey make the list any other day of the year? You know why? Because nobody likes it. Well, I'm not now, the only one here. I, I might take exception to that because no. if I remember my early Well, you fact, might be the one. What's the national Aren't bird of the United the, States? The eagle. The, yeah. Do you know what Benjamin Franklin wanted it to be? What? The turkey. There you go. Oh, a mic drop on that one? Yeah. yeah. Really? I'm done here. You can finish the show yeah, by yourself. Nobody oh. still likes turkey. Let's okay. be clear on that. Right. Anybody listening, to write in. I want to hear your responses. There's no way that anybody... If you like turkey, why aren't you eating it in like June? Like, why is nobody doing a turkey fry or We're the deep fried to turkey? Pump up the turkeys for Thanksgiving. Oh, is that why? Yes. It takes that long. Yeah, well, you want a good sized turkey, don't you? No, I, I don't want any I know turkey. You don't. All right, <laughs> I don't want any oh, turkey. Go, go get an eel. And I could talk the entire show about why I hate turkey, but I'm not going to let you because we're Come talking on. about the world's worst investors in society. And you know, we've already disclaimed us that it may not be us, but there are some recurring traits and mistakes that show up a lot. Anybody who invests in turkey has so, got to be on the top of so the list. So you people listening out there right now, are you guilty of any of these? And the first one, trying to get rich fast. Now, when I was growing up, going back to my childhood, but we're not going to talk about- No turkeys, please. We're not going to talk about that anymore. But when I was growing up, I mean, infomercials were so big and I was a late night TV watcher. And I can remember sitting in front of the TV watching, you know, the guy with the cars and the houses telling you how he made so much money online or doing this or doing that. And I used to sit there and go, man, 
I, I now I didn't have access to credit card. I didn't know how to buy any of this stuff. And let me tell you, if I had a credit card at the ripe old age of 13 years old, mm-hmm. watching some of that stuff, I am certain I would have been all over it. Cause they made it sound so good. It's a just, Twenty nine ninety five, you know, for seventeen payments That's or right. whatever it was, can't lose, can't lose, and you're gonna make all this money, and you're gonna learn how to sell this stuff online, and you're gonna be so rich, you're gonna be able to buy anything that you want. I mean, and what? It, who doesn't like that message? It sounds good. How do we do it today? We buy lottery tickets. Oh yeah, invest a few bucks, and I'm gonna be a multimillionaire. That hot tip on a stock. Well, I can't tell you. I mean, how many times we've we been in meetings, like real planning meetings with people. And they come in, they sit down, they're kind of tail between the legs and they say, listen, life got thrown at me. I made a lot of mistakes and here I am. And now I'm, I'm behind the eight ball and I got to mm. roll the dice. They, they use that a lot. Roll the dice. I, I need to make money fast. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you? They, I think some do. I think the desperation gets the better of them. If, if you're listening to this, and you think you're, you're behind the eight ball? Let me tell you, you're not. I mean, every single time, with rare exception, we've sat in front of somebody like that doing a plan. And what did we find out? Ultimately, they're okay. They were totally fine. Yeah. You don't have to roll the dice until you've actually done a very thorough plan. Even at that point, it's a perspective change. It's not an investment theory change. Mm. You don't have to go to Vegas to retire. That's the worst thing you could do. Well, I, I think part of it's the way the, the financial markets and media has, has ingrained that in so much of the financial world, so, so much in, into the people out there that, hey, you're going to have to invest with me and we're going to have to really mm-hmm. make some big moves for you to, to get where you got to be. I mean, the reality is if it sounds too good to be true, what's the old adage? It, it is. is. And that needs to be so ingrained when you're planning for your future the closer you get to retirement the rest of your life, the last thing you need to be talking about is get rich quick schemes. And I'm too much of a wuss to spill that hot cup of McDonald's coffee in my lap. Oh, so, yeah. So, oh, I'm, so I'm, lawsuits, I'm, hold, I'm holding off of that. <laughs> well, that's good. Don't listen to that one either. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, operating without any sort of cohesive plan. You know, not uh, just winging it, but just no plan at all. Well, this is a tough one, too, because a lot of people, even though they have no plan, they think they do. Well, that's true. I mean, we have people come in here with their brokerage statements, statements or whatever. Say, yeah, this is my plan right So have here. you ever done a plan? They're like shaking their head. They've got their arms crossed. They're, you know, the walls are way up high. And they're like, yeah, I've, I've done planning. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Well, what, what's your plan? Can I see it? Well, it's right in front of you. My 401k statement. There's my plan. Uh, they call it a 401k plan. Yeah, but, uh, they do. No. And they're like, well, I got a pension. I'm good. I've done all the plan. What, what, what else is there to do? Yeah. And we're like, wow. Okay. Glad you're here. Because there's a lot more to do for planning for retirement than what you have in a 401k plan. But but it's interesting, you know, it's not just those that think they have a plan. It's those that know they don't and they're afraid of what they're going to find out. Because the bad news is yeah, bad I, news. I just don't want to see the bad news. Yeah. We've we had someone come in, just like we said, someone had to roll the dice. They didn't come in for the longest time. They were afraid of what they were going to hear. And yet, when they run through the plan, they're okay. A lot better off than they thought they were. You, it's better to know and be certain about your future than to cross your fingers and just hope that it's all going to work out. Yeah. And that's no way to attack and find confidence in retirement at all. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that. No, don't all right. Next that. up is having a herd mentality instead of thinking independently. Now, everybody listening right now, let's, let's be very clear. Nobody's thinking humbly right now. Everybody's thinking, well, this is just how I think. 
Mm. Nobody's going to go, well, I think like everybody else. So let's get this out of the way. Very few people think independent. Every single one of us is going to think somewhat the same type of thoughts as everybody else. Now there's going to be some very, very few people that will step back and go, well, no, I'm like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of us, and I'm including all of us in this, this statement, we think like everybody else. The difference is we're just not going to admit it. But the reality of this issue of the world's worst investors is that we have to think independently about our future. We don't have to think that if I, if I approach retirement the same way that this person does or that person, then this is going to corrupt my future. That's not what we're referring to here. We're referring to thinking truly independent about yourself as opposed to, well, nobody else has a plan or everybody else has been just fine with doing what they're doing. I'm going to be fine too. Is that, that's cancer. Yeah. And, and that's part of it. You, you think about, we call Warren Buffett so smart. And, and what is it he said about when people are scared or fleeing the market, that's when, when you, you buy. Yeah. So what does that mean? Well, there's a herd of people that are fleeing the market. And, and he's one of the few that thinks independently enough to say, you know, that's a great time to, to He's jump a contrarian. He's, yeah. he's, a lot of times he'll be just the opposite. And that's not a bad thing. It, it, for when it comes to investing, you kind of want to step back and go, why, why is everybody scared? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we, we manage stocks, we manage portfolios. And there's days where like today, one of our stocks is down pretty big mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll look at it and what's the big deal. Oh, well, they adjusted this and nobody liked it. Does that mean we should go run out, throw our hands in the air and go, why the heck do we ever buy that? Absolutely not. That means the herd is throwing their hands up and going, I should have never bought this. This I was bad. Yeah. And here we're thinking independent going, this is a great buying opportunity because nothing's changed. That's right. There's no reason to panic. There's every reason to be more confident about our scenario because the herd is flipping out yeah. and we are not. And the only thing that's really changed is because of our dividend philosophy, instead of buying new shares that are paying 4%, maybe you're buying new shares that's paying 5%. Mm-hmm. So that's, and a, that's a big much deal. cheaper, yeah. significantly cheaper deal. because the overreaction of the herd, the herd will actually identify a lot of buying opportunities for you if you think independent. That's right. All right. Next question. Focusing only on the short term. Mm. What exactly does that mean? Focus on the short. That takes me back to get rich fast. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I think about short-term thinking, I'm thinking about, you know, getting through the year. I'm thinking about, you know, I had a, a meeting with my, my tax guy a couple of weeks ago and in that meeting, I'm thinking, okay, how do I save taxes today? Well, it's not just about today. Sometimes I might have to pay a little bit more today to really set myself up for success tomorrow. So short-term f- thinking is always, okay, what, how do I get through this year? Long-term thinking is, okay, how do I achieve this goal? Now that goal might be five years down the road, but what are some incremental things that I can do to get to that goal that include today, tomorrow, you know, a few years mm-hmm. down the road, it's not always about, okay, just get me out of this. Help me through this right now and I'll deal with the future tomorrow. That short-term thinking. So you're, you're talking about a roadmap, a plan again, that so many people claim they have, but that they really don't. So I think you are, you're stuck in short-term thinking. I'm going to contribute to my 401k and then this is the we'll no what plan happens next. Plan. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Let's take a break. We want to play a little game here. All right. Well, so, pull out the wheel, the magic right. wheel. We've got this awesome game. game wheel we're going to spend really quick. And when this 
lands on something, we're gonna we're gonna just do whatever it tells us to do. All right. Insight News Highlights. All right. Well, I guess we're going to have to give some Insight Insight. News Highlights. What's going on in the world of Insight Folio? All right. Well, coming up in just a few weeks, we have our legendary, legendary, wait for it, legendary Christmas party. And uh, this Christmas party we've been doing for a lot of years now, I think uh, six, I think the sixth year, maybe seventh Christmas party. Um, it's going to be at the Providence Country Club, mm-hmm. and uh, it is an invite only. So if you haven't gotten your invite, you might want to call the office and go, uh, what's going on? Why haven't I got my invite? Because, you know, we're all celebrities here, right? There so you go. But this is an invite only party. It is uh, December 12th at Providence right. Con- Country Club, and uh, we're going to have some dueling pianos there. That'll be fun. That's the, as in our entertainment. I will not be dancing. That should come up. Why in not? Because I think you, know, you should. That's just, that's just actually, no, we want people to show up. So okay, you probably yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, Good call. Yeah. Good call. We're going to have a photo booth because we're having this photo booth. We wanted to do something special. We didn't just want, you know, all of our clients to show up and, you know, pose all pretty in front of the photo booth. We want to do something really special that they would never forget. Public ridicule is what you're getting. Pretty much. Embarrassment. Yeah. So we're having an ugly sweater themed party Mm. with proof of a photo booth. So every single person, every one of us and groups and individuals and as couples gets to go in this photo booth and really document the fact that they did actually, in fact, wear that out in public. Now, one thing that needs to be noted here, we are now... Because this is kind of getting out of control and words getting out that we're having this ugly Christmas sweater party, which is kind of a thing now. I mean, you go into any store right now and there's ugly sweater sections. I saw them the other day. It's crazy. And, um, and let me tell you, because we've put on this legendary Christmas party, I've got a legendary outfit to go along with it. Just, just throwing that out there. You're going to want to show up for this. It's not a Christmas onesie pajama, is it? It's still. You're just going to have to wait. It's pretty amazing. I thought you wanted people to show up. No, it's amazing. People will show up to see this. I'm telling you right now. But this is a real deal contest. We are giving away prizes, not just a prize, prizes, plural, for the best dressed and quite a few other categories that we're going to be flashing some cash for for people who, who take this really serious. And want to have a lot of fun because at the end of the day, there's no way I would walk out of my house looking like this if it wasn't for fun. So I'm excited about it. Hopefully you are too, to show up to our, uh, our Christmas party at the Providence Country Club. Again, it is invite only. So if you have not received your invite, please call our office 704-529-9500 to make sure you're on the list. And if you haven't, find out how you can get on that list uh, to come to the party and bring your Sunday's best ugly Christmas sweater mm. that, uh, that you would have to wear in public. Uh, although you can wear a coat until you get in and then, then maybe some of these people may off. have worn these things for Halloween just That'd recently. So you, just or wore, you know, way back in the day when, when homes had dens that they probably wore these, these sweaters for real. I'm sorry. What's a den? I have oh. no idea. What, what was that, Charlie? Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, we're going to have, we're having a lot of fun with this, with the dueling pianos, uh, photo booth and a whole lot of good, food and fellowship uh, with our clients here in Charlotte. I'm really excited about it. All right, let's get back to the show. Let's talk about the world's worst investors. You know, we've talked about several uh, attributes to these people that 
qualify for world's worst. They try to get rich fast. They operate without any sort of cohesive plan. They follow a herd mentality and tend to focus only on the short term. How about this one, Paul? Focusing only on areas you can't control. That sounds like a worrier. Yeah, we we run into this quite a bit. Let me give you a couple areas that you can't control. First and foremost would be the market. Another area would be the government. Inflation and taxes would be another huge area that we can't control. Yet, every time we see red flashed up on TV screens or we hear the markets down 200, 300 points, our our instant reaction is to to panic Mm -hmm. and sit back and go, oh, how is this? how is this going to affect my future? Am I going to be able to retire? Or you might be sitting there going, well, that doesn't affect me. But what if, 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 if that red lingers for, for a year, for two, for three, at what point do you reach your, your panic button? Mm. The reality is none of that we can control. And if you're not invested in a manner that will help you deal with that and help you build confidence to avoid the panic button, then you're ultimately just waiting Till, till the day comes where you've hit your, your, your breaking point and there's nothing left to do but panic. Yeah, so, that's right. That's what, when I first saw that, it, uh, it made me think, well, you've got to make decisions and use strategies knowing there are things that you can't control. I mean, you, you can make good decisions in light of things that are going to happen one way or the other. You just can't control them. If you're not cohesively and coherently building a plan and working that plan every single day, it's inevitable that certain ones of these, these areas that you can't control that will creep up into your life and, and force you to panic. So having some sort of plan that builds confidence and helps you understand that things that can't control can't worry you or shouldn't worry you, then it's inevitable that you're going to panic. The next thing on the list is taking market losses personally. Well, that's the problem. You know, if I've invested in a number of stocks or whatever, that's my baby. Mm -hmm. And if it goes down, I might say, I'm just going to hang on until it comes back. You know, there's a lot of decisions that you make emotionally when, you know, that's my baby. You know, uh, I think, you know, my, my second book, which is going to come out hopefully here shortly in the next month or two, it's been written for months now, just putting the final touches. I mean, you might spend a year or six months doing 80% of the work. And then it might take you another year to do the, the final 20%. But in, in my second book that, that I've, I'm pushing out here shortly, my, my cardinal rule of investing is never sell only exchange. And, and the part of the biggest reasons why I'm such a big fan of that is because it's, it's another way to separate your emotions from, from what you buy. You, your biggest enemy, the, the, the person in your life that you have to deal with, the, the problem in your, in your life that you have to deal with the most that keeps it so difficult for you to make good decisions is your own emotions. Oh, yeah. It's yourself. You are your biggest enemy. And the only way to do that is to, uh, the only way to deal with that is to separate your emotions from your investing. And one of the ways that I like to do that is never put your, in, yourself in a position to just get out, just say, you know what, I'm done with it. I'll deal with this another day. Now, I still think you need to act. I think you might need to exchange and there are always investments that are better than others. And there's reasons why you want to do something. But first and foremost, you have to separate your emotions. And secondly, you have to have a plan to help guide directions. And, you know, you hear a lot of uh, recommendations out there. It's always be in the market or you don't want to miss the market on the handful of days when it has the biggest jump. And that 
only exchange positions takes care of that. Absolutely. You yeah. always want your money to work. That's yeah. like saying somebody coming to me and going, you know, I just quit my job. I need money, but I just quit. I just couldn't do it anymore. Well, how are you going to make money? Well, I don't know. I'll figure that out. Mm. Well, if, if your money is in the market and it's invested to produce revenue, if you sell it, you are going to lose the income that goes along with it. Just like if you're working and you get a paycheck and you quit, you lose that paycheck. The same principle applies in one scenario, the same as the other. So if you're investing on purpose and you're investing for a specific purpose and you change that, the benefits that went along with that investment are, are now gone. Yep. And now one thing to be noted here, we are very big income producing, dividend generating philosophy in our firm. So when, when you hear me say something like that, I'm, I'm talking about dividend income. I'm talking about interest income mm -hmm. in investments. I'm not talking about buying a high flying, you know, growth stock that we just cross our fingers and go watch that baby soar. No, yeah. we're talking about what I'd consider conservative, strong investment companies that pay cash dividends as, as a thank you, as mm -hmm. a strategy for holding their stock. So we have a legitimate reason to buy a position and a legitimate reason to hold it. And the only reason why we would exchange it is not because it's an emotional, I want out of this. It's because, Hey, there's better There's income over better. there. Yep. Let's, let's take this, get rid of it and go buy that. Cause we can get more for the same price. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then the last one we're going to look at is not being honest, even with yourself about your limitations. Uh, you know, you, you, you said earlier that we're our own worst enemies and this is a part of it to not really being honest about what you're good at, what you're not. And, and the thing, well, that, what if you think you're good at everything? Why did you look at me with that tone of voice? Because. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you were implying something. No. Okay. I mean, we could all be guilty of that. I mean, part of what I, you might've heard is just for fun because whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, very few times we go through life and be like, well, I suck at that. Most of the time we go through life going, I could do that. Yep. I mean, when it comes to planning, that could be a detrimental attitude, even though it's just like another day. Like, Hey, you know, well, I need to, you know, get grass in my front yard. I don't know how to grow grass. My car broke down. You know, I, I need to fix it. Mm -hmm. I look in an engine. I mean, what the heck is that? You know, <laughs> computer breaks down something different for me, but an engine, something mechanical that's moving parts in it. I'm like, uh, no way. Mm -hmm. But that would be me like going, well, I, I can fix that. I got a screwdriver and a wrench. Let me at it. And, and that can be like a lot of the do it yourself investors saying, Hey, I got I this. Know, I, got, I know what I'm invested in. Actually, I'm be good. I, I had a, a conversation with a, a referral the other day, and uh, she starts the meeting. I'm a financial professional, obviously, and been in this business a long time. And, you know, if you're in my shoes and, and you are in my business and you start a meeting with somebody who is, you know, quote unquote, a referral, you know, somebody that would potentially do business with you, and she starts the phone call. With, well, you know, I don't really like financial professionals. I just buy low cost ETFs. And, and if you look at the averages, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. that, that, that was like the after, hey, what's your name? You know, who do you know? Go ahead blah, and blah, blah. expectations. Yeah, <laughs> setting it right out of the gate. And I was like, okay, well, then our objective today is just that we can transfer as much of the knowledge I have in my mind over to you. And I want to empower you to be better at what you do because. At the end of the day, from my perspective, it's not just about cost, it's about value. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that because I charge. I'm saying that because 
that's a real perspective that will change how you invest. It's not how much do I have to pay to get this? It's what do I get in return when I pay for it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, are you going to buy a Yugo? Are you going to buy a Mercedes? There's a difference in value. But you, that you go take you wherever you're trying to go. So. A- anything. You yeah. know, what's the value for what I'm paying? It's not just, hey, I want to pay the cheapest amount. I want to pay the cost that gets me the most. Yeah. Whatever that cost is, there better be way significant more in value. Throughout the entire phone call, all I did was give. Think about this. Do this. How about this? If you consider this, here's some really good questions to ask. Here's some really good things to research online. Have you... Have you ever learned about what this is or that? I built her a plan. I went through this whole thing. About halfway through the conversation, she went from the first statement mm-hmm. to, well, how many different ways are there to work with you? Can I consult with you? Can I pay you to consult and help me plan? You know, versus, you know, going all the way up to, you know, well, let me invest my money with you so you can charge me. And I said, well, that's the only way I do business. Mm-hmm. This is really our consulting agreement. I have it in in where we can charge for our time. We just don't do that. Right. So she's like, okay, well then by the end of the meeting, it's about 45, 50 minutes in. She was, she's like, okay, um, I, I, I think I, I see the value. Like how, how can I invest with you? And her money was invested in a way where she couldn't, but what, what had happened over the last hour was so much knowledge transfer that she saw value. Mm-hmm. real value. And because of that value, it changed her perspective on cost. And I think what we're talking about here, being honest with yourself is she thought before that meeting, Hey, I got this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to pay virtually nothing and I'm going to get the average. By the end of the meeting, she realized, Oh my word. It's not that it's too complicated. It's that I've got the wrong perspective yeah. and maybe I'm in over my head. And I was literally trying to teach her how to do everything. And that's where I think the respect comes in. When you teach somebody something, they're like, wow, I actually get this. I can do this. But that person really gets it. And I want that person in my life because they're the first one that actually taught me how to do this. And that's really our perspective here at Insight Folios is to teach people really how to do things mm-hmm. so they don't need us. And that interesting dynamic is that's where I feel like they, they want us, us yeah. the most. Yeah. Not because they can't do it themselves, but because they really see the value of that relationship. And they've got better things to do with their time. Absolutely. If you're in retirement or even living life, there's, there's better things, more important things to do. So, All right. Well, that's a wrap for today. If, if you find yourself kind of on the fringe of feeling like, yeah, I might be the person that, uh, that can be on that list of top 10 worst investors, or maybe feel like you're way not even close to that, and you have some questions, give us a call. 704-529-9500. Again, 704-529-9500. You can email us. Visit our website at insightfolios.com. Either way, that is a wrap for today. I think I'm done for words. You know they say the average person needs to share 10,000 words in a day? I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm done. Have a great day. Now for our fast-talking fine print. 
The information presented is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a SEC-registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is notice filed or is excluded or exempted from notice filing requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through Durso Capital Management Company. Insight Folios, Inc. and Durso Capital Management Company are affiliated companies and do not offer legal or tax advice. Paul L. Durso and Charles B. Bowers, Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios, Inc. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.